When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from our slightly unique perspective. You know, one of the great things about the tropical fish hobby is you just never know what it will be that will deliver the result you've strived for for so long, particularly when it comes to fish breeding. Now, sure, some things are virtually guaranteed, like guppies having babies when you keep males and females together. <laughs> However, most spawning events and breeding activities are the result of a lot of diligent hard work and extraordinary patience on the part of you, the hobbyist. Yet, there are some positives which happen when we least expect them. Perhaps when we're ready to throw our hands up in failure. You ever had this happen? You're working with a fish that you really wanted to breed and you tried seemingly every way possible to induce it to do so with no apparent success. You've tried environmental manipulation, water changes, switching up pairs, playing with the daylight night cycle, you know, switching out foods, etc., etc., etc. Like every damn thing you could think of. Then one day, sometime after you're thrown up your arms of defeat, you walk into the fish room, look in the tank that they reside in, and boom, you have eggs or fry. Yeah, ever had that happen? It's one of the great mysteries of aquarium keeping. And it's not a bad thing, of course. The main bummer is that you often don't know what, if anything, you did was the catalyst for, for the spawning event. It's like you're just scratching your head. Like, was it the accidental introduction of 25 unprepared alder cones into your filter? You know, not pre-boiled like usual, which perhaps introduced just enough extra tannin or humic substances to trigger that spawning response. Maybe it's just a coincidence. Maybe it was the fact that you got so busy last Wednesday that you missed your normal water exchange day and performed it on a Saturday instead. Or was it that extra bunch of freshly prepared guava leaves that you added to the tank last week? Last week? You know, what was it? You just don't know, right? <laughs> Sometimes it's a culmination of many things we've been doing continuously for extended periods of time. And the moment is just right. Other times it could be the time that you stop doing the thing that you've been doing for months and months. Perhaps a sudden break in routine, the slight variation in water chemistry, or something tangential is the trigger. Yeah, but why now? I mean, you've been working really diligently on conditioning these fish with, you know, great food, optimum conditions for weeks and weeks and weeks. So could it have just been time? Maybe. I think it goes to show you that animals often defy our human rationalized processes and do whatever they damn well please, whenever they damn well please to do it. I mean, you can do what the books say to do to get a fish to spawn, but unless the fish are up to it, you're just dreaming. So where does this leave us, the aquarists who dream of breeding that fish, the one that's haunted us for years? Leaves us doing exactly what we've done for decades, giving our fish the best food and environment possible and hoping against hope that our husbandry decisions result in a spawn. And if they don't, we just have to either stand down or try on trying new stuff for a while, or we just keep going. Duh. Simple choice. Yet I think the reality for many fish is that simply providing them the correct environmental conditions, i.e. those that are similar to the ones in which they've evolved, and offering them foods that are representative of their, of their natural diet should ultimately yield spawning activity whenever. I mean, think about it. Those are things that should not be done on a special basis. Rather, they're practices that most of us do or should do on a year-round continuous basis. 
we go to so much effort to keep our fishes healthy and happy. So this is simply a result of what I call cumulative competence, or as one of my fish keeping buddies so eloquently states, doing shit the right way. <laughs> we should continue to study the natural habitats of the fishes we're trying to breed too. Yet, not just to stop with, you know, soft, acidic water or whatever. No, 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 no. We need to look further. Like, what type of substrate exists in the habitat where the fishes are found? What type of plants? Are there lots of decomposing materials? Are there big rocks? Is the photo period longer or shorter? What type of current is there? Is there a lot of tangled roots or wood on the bottom? What other physical and environmental parameters exist in these natural habitats during the time of year that typically the fish spawn? What should we consider replicating in our aquariums? I think that we need to consider the idea of keeping our fishes in in conditions that mimic, to some extent, the environmental parameters of their natural habitat on a consistent basis. Now, this is not some new earth-shattering idea. However, I'm always amused that many hobbyists with breeding aspirations only offer the fishes more, I don't know, realistic conditions, i.e. similar to those found in nature, when they want to breed the fish. I don't get it. I'm of the opinion that the default, whenever possible, should be to continuously maintain our fishes in conditions which approximate, you know, physically, structurally, and chemically, the conditions under which they have evolved to thrive under in nature. And there appears to be a growing body of evidence that this practice is a pretty good way to go, too. I used to think that it was just a coincidence that we'd see some cool stuff happening with fishes that were otherwise, you know, hesitant to thrive and ultimately spawn. However, ever, it seems like there's a lot more going on now that leads me to think that this is more than coincidence. As more and more hobbyists enter the blackwater or botanical style aquarium genre, we've seen and heard more and more of these reports of, you know, spontaneous or anomalous spawning events. We've heard of rapid color improvements and feeding habits in fishes that maybe under previous aquarium standard conditions were nice, but not amazing and maybe not feeding as aggressively. These slight improvements are perhaps better referred to as environmental tweaks rendered by utilizing botanicals in in the aquariums with these fishes are starting to yield more consistent, tangible results that are far beyond more coincidence. I should say mere coincidence. I don't know why I said more coincidence. They're mere or more, whatever. But you get the idea. The very utilization of botanicals to create these, you know, consistent blackwater-style conditions in our tanks is something very special. It's not a cure-all. It's not some hack for doing everything right. But it is an incremental improvement to our, you know, best practices for a lot of fishes that come to the, from those types of environments. However, it's still too early to know exactly what might be causing some of these great events. I mean, what the specific triggers are. Is it chemical, physiological, you know, the presence of, you know, humic substances, lower pH, etc.? Or simply a result of the physical surroundings of the aquarium that maybe more closely represent those in which the fishes evolved in over eons? You know, just having leaves on a soft, silted bottom like back home instead of the usual number three aquarium gravel or whatever? And the continuous refinement of the technique of blackwater botanical-style aquariums is really impressive. There is no right or wrong answer here. The reality is what makes the tropical fish hobby so enjoyable is that eternal quest for knowledge, that pursuit of the goal that may or may not ever happen. Brought about by you, the hobbyist, practicing that art of continuous competence. Frustrating though it may be at times, I don't think I at times, you know, I don't think I know a single hobbyist who would take up some other pursuit in its place, do you? I don't think so. Your success is the result of a lot of hard work, intuition, and occasionally risk. Your success is beyond a mere coincidence. Really. Stay focused. Stay passionate. Stay diligent. Stay curious. Stay creative. Stay persistent. And always stay wet. Till next time, this is Scott Feldman. Thanks again for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you again on the next installment of The Tint.